Hi everyone, welcome back to Farringham Film and today I'm bringing you the second part of this year's Manif coverage, the first review from the opening night gala film which was Ryan Lane. Now to give you a bit of a synopsis on Ryan Lane before we get into it, so I'm using the, the guide from the festival itself to do this. So two 20-somethings, both reeling from bad breakups, connect over the course of an eventful day in South London, helping each other deal with the nightmare exes and potentially restoring their faith in romance so this film was screened at sundance um wikipedia says that it had a london premiere as well but i think it was after the london film festival uh, and obviously it opened up this year's manif um in manchester now this was written by nathan bryan uh, and tom melia it was directed by rain allen miller and it stars vivian opera as uh, yaz and david johnson as dom now, um, the first thing that I sort of I noticed, or actually what I should say first is um, Rain, the both both writers, Tom and Nathan, uh, and Vivian were all present for a Q&A after the film. So I, I might get into a little bit on that later. But they did a very, very quick sort of introduction to the film. And Rain mentioned that she was born in Manchester, but moved to South London when she was 12. So it's a, it, I, I thought it might have been a bit more of a not South London by Manchester, by way of Manchester type film. It's very much a love letter to that area of South London, an area that I'm not familiar with myself. I've been to London a couple of times, but I tend to, you know, do the basic thing and stay central and do all the theatre stuff and all that nonsense. So I've not really seen that kind of side to London. Uh, so it's quite interesting to see it on the film. Now, this was... Um, it was distributed by Searchlight and it has backing by BFI and BBC Films. And straight away, I just thought, wow, that's some pedigree backing behind this film, um, which should surely mean that it's going to get a big release. I want to come to its release in just a little bit. Um, and it's surely got a bit of word of mouth behind it as well. Now, we start the film in a toilet of all places. We see a number of different shots of different people in toilets, what people do in toilets, you know, so generally just people using them. Uh, some people changing the babies, things like that. And then we land on Dom. Now, Dom has been in a relationship for the past six years, and uh, that has ended quite abruptly. But that ended three months ago. And he's getting to a point now where, obviously, he's missing his ex-girlfriend. Uh, he knows that he's going to have to confront it. He knows he's going to have to confront what happened. And he's just having a minute to himself in a toilet to cry and to show his emotions. And then you went to Yaz. So Yaz goes into the stall next door. There's a bit of confusion as to whether or not, you know, who's in the wrong toilet. But nobody is because it's an inclusive toilet. So, you know, they're both allowed to be there. Yada, yada, yada. We move on. And then we begin to realise that they are sort of connected through their friendship groups. In the, the same people that Dom knows, Yaz knows people who know those same people. And there's a bit of a sort of connection there. And then we enter a... A very strange but endearing chemistry and relationship between the two of them where they then spend the rest of the day together and Yaz wants to help Dom out confronting his ex and then later on we realise that Yaz has also been in a breakup and that, that at some point in the film she needs to confront her ex about their breakup and things like that. Um, there's very peculiar cinematography but I use peculiar in a way where I'm not sort of looking at it and thinking, well, that's weird. Why have they done that? I actually quite like it. There's a lot of actors looking almost directly at the camera, almost directly to us as the audience, and not breaking the fourth wall, still talking to each other. You know, you get a lot of shot reverse shots between the two, 
um, but they are looking directly at us. Um, there's a lot of moments in the film where the camera seems a little bit blurry or a little bit out of focus, and I began to think about why that might have been. Uh, the two things that I sort of boiled it down to were either it's us being allowed as the audience to pick what it is that we want to focus on in the shot, what it is that we want to focus in in the scene, or is it that it's just a replica replication of sometimes life having some blurry moments? You know, these blurry moments or these out-of-focus moments are sort of the edges of the scene, the edges of the frame, not necessarily impacting any action that's going on, but maybe coming into it when your brain does that sort of thing where you sort of filter off a little bit when someone's having a really long conversation with you and things like that. So it's really interesting cinematography that I noticed. I thought there were some very... Um, I was going to say obvious, but I suppose they're only obvious if you know. I thought there were some very obvious similarities to some early Taika Waititi films, specifically Eagle versus Shark and Boy. Now, what I was finding in it is that there's a lot of comedy and awkwardness. As with Taika's films, Taika is a sort of, especially with his early work, he's a bit of a master of sort of getting that comedy in the mundane in that something will happen and there'll be a conversation and it's a little bit awkward and these people are still trying to figure each other out and a little bit awkward and then they'll move on. Ryland does this really, really well. In the Dominiaz, there's a scene quite early on where they're stood at the sort of corner of a, a street and they're both a bit like, right, well, what do we what do we say to each other now? You know, which way are we going to go now? And, you know, it's that, it is that comedy and awkwardness. And... I wanted to ask, and I, I should have asked because I spoke to um, Tom, one of the writers after the film, that um, I wanted to ask if that was an intentional thing or whether I'm just reading too much into it. Maybe it's because my head's in a bit of Taika land at the minute because I'm teaching Jojo Rabbit at the minute. But again, I enjoyed that, whether it's intentional or not, or it was just the way that it was kind of you know put together. Um, so going back to the sort of narrative of the film, we're seeing two sides of two different breakups. It's not that these two people, Yaz and Dom, our main two protagonists have split up. It's that they are now only away from relationships. And we're having to sort of see Dom's side of his breakup, Yaz's side of her breakup. Now, initially, well, actually, all the way through the film, Dom opens up. Dom tells the truth. He is very sort of emotional. He... You know, like we say, he cries at the beginning. He sort of wears his heart on his sleeve a little bit. Um, whereas Yaz comes across as extremely confident, comes across as extremely sort of um, aware of herself and where she is in the world and things like that. But then slowly but surely, we start to chip away at her. We start to chip away at the cracks of her personality, what she's been lying about. Is there, an, is there a truth? Is there a full honesty? in her relationship and how she said that her relationship went. And Dom sort of, again, chips away at that a little bit. And her sort of development throughout the film is probably the most interesting one to see. The relationship is, is great. I, I love the relationship. I think it's the, the chemistry that they have together is superb. And I think the develop, but I think the development of Yazzie's character is the one that you, you get the most out of essentially. Um, Similar to that, then, I particularly enjoyed the idea of a gender role reversal in the, a lot of rom-coms. And Rain, the director, mentioned afterwards, you know, she said she just didn't want people sort of throwing out their things like Love Actually and Four Weddings and a Funeral and things like that because it's a, it's a rom-com that's set in London. And she said, and even though they're great films, she didn't want to 
be, I suppose, labelled by the films that have come before. She wanted to try and do something a little bit different. And I think this is definitely different. But I think with those films, especially uh, something like Love Actually, especially something like Bridget Jones, which is, there's a very, it's not subtle, but there's a very there's a very short reference in the film to Bridget Jones. Um, I think that you end up with women who are almost stereotypically emotional, almost stereotypically wearing their heart on their sleeve, almost stereotypically the ones who are the most broken down by a relationship breakdown. Whereas in Rye Lane, it's Dom. Dom is the one who is wearing his heart on his sleeve. He is the one who is trying to talk through his emotions and trying to figure out what to do with his life. He feels like everything has sort of come crumbling down on him. Whereas Yaz is so headstrong, so opinionated, so sort of ruthless in one particular scene in a restaurant with the way that she acts and the way that she speaks that actually it's quite refreshing to see this difference. It's quite refreshing to see this role reversal. Um, I think overall, it's only 82 minutes. It's a very short film. And I think it fills the time perfectly. It's not baggy, and to use a Kerr mode um, remark. And I wouldn't say it outstays its welcome at all. It's, for me anyway, it perfectly balances heartfelt, heartfelt sentimentality with laugh out loud moments. You can go from enjoying the relationship, seeing those two together, finding it endearing and then going into scenes like the aforementioned restaurant scene um there is a scene in an auntie's house uh auntie's uh there is a scene where we go and see yaz's ex and things like that there are a lot of different scenes where you naturally pulled into laugh out loud moments but ultimately underlying the whole thing is this idea of heartfelt sentimentality and the one thing that a rom-com should do is make you root for the couple, and I did. And I'm not the biggest rom-com fan. It's not something that, I mean, outside of Manif, if it was something that someone would have said, oh, it's a rom-com set in South London, I probably wouldn't have gone to watch it. So maybe this is almost a message of try something out of your comfort zone a little bit. So I really, really enjoyed Riley, and I was really fortunate enough after the film. So we 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 saw the Q and A. Uh, they mentioned a couple of bits about the film um, and what you know the sort of where it's going to go next and things like that. There wasn't too much to sort of reveal about what they said. Um, the the film Riley is being released in cinemas from Friday, this coming Friday, the seventeenth of March, and then according to Wikipedia, it is getting a full bigger release on Disney Plus through the Star Channel and from Hulu internationally on the 31st of March. So there's a lot of people who are going to be able to go and check this out and, and go and see it, and I highly, highly recommend it. Um, and like I was saying then, I was very fortunate afterwards, after the film, to uh, meet Rain, meet the director, um, just con congratulate on the film. Um, I told her that I was mu very much looking forward to showing it to my students, which I am, uh, because I think it's going to be a great one to show for when we do screenwriting, especially for the students who want to do something like romantic comedies. And I had a really, really nice chat with Tom, one of the writers, um, and we were talking about, again, that idea of me showing it to my students. Um, he actually said, please show it to your students. Um, he said that what they wanted to do is they wanted to reflect films from 
that they enjoyed from when they were around about 15 or 16 years of age and stuff like that. So really enjoyed that. And it was, it was such a great opportunity to speak to both of them after the film as well. Uh, so that's Rylane. It's in cinemas from Friday, the 17th of March in the UK. And then it's available worldwide, I believe, on Disney Plus and Hulu from the 31st of March. I highly, highly recommend that you check this one out. It is already hit top of my list of films that I've seen this year so far. Um, easily better than anything that I've seen up to now. And I just enjoyed laughing. I enjoyed laughing in the cinema again because I feel like I've mentioned this, maybe not on the podcast, maybe not on other things, but definitely to other people that it's been a while since I've just sort of had a really good laugh at a comedy. And I think that's because comedies nowadays I'm finding are a bit more sort of, it's, it's, I suppose it's that Kevin Hart sense of comedy where you, you where everything has to be loud and over the top and things like that. And yeah, while well, you're going to laugh at things, I've not had such a good fun with a funny script like this in a, in a very long time. Um, so that was Riley and that was the opening night. So like I say, Manif is currently going on in Manchester. Uh, I'm just going to give you a very quick sort of what's going on at Manif. So that was the opening scene, uh, the opening scene. That was the opening night gala. Uh, the closing night feature is Breaking, starring John Boyega. I'm going to go and check that one out as well. Um, tonight, as I record this on Saturday the 11th, they are showing Blazing Neon, uh, a French film. That's at quarter past eight. Uh, and there is Waiting for Me, a UK film that's quarter, quarter to six. You've probably already missed something you said last night at three o'clock. And you've definitely missed Whiteberry at 12.45. Uh, Chevalier is on on Sunday the 12th. Uh, the one that I'm going for tomorrow, Sunday the 12th, is Love Without Walls at quarter to six. So I'm looking forward to um, meeting in person um, Niall, Jane, um, Karen, who I spoke to as well, uh, the stars of that film, because they're all going to be there. Um, and then you go through the week. There's plenty more on, and I'll go through a bit more in uh, after I've spoken about Love That Walls tomorrow. Uh, but there's loads on. There's so many, so many films, so many good choices. Uh, my, like I said, my next one is Love Without Walls. I'm going to try and get to Road of Excess, possibly November, uh, definitely breaking. And this is going to be the first year that I'm going to stick around for the awards as well, because um, I missed those last year and the year before. So hopefully um, something that I've been to see is going to win something. Maybe Riley, maybe Love Without Walls, maybe something else. So hopefully that's going to go well. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for listening. Um, if you're in Manchester, if you're around Manchester and you're at a loss for something to go and see, um, go head over to manif.com um, or use the hashtag manifofficial uh, manif or actually the uh, Twitter handle is manifofficial manif to book your tickets to all the different films that are going on there. There's also all the short sessions as well that might be good for students to go and see. Uh, I will be back probably now on Monday with probably two episodes again, actually. It'll probably be my Love Without Walls review and then me and Ollie will be back with our final Last of Us spoiler reactions for the season finale. So there's a lot going on this week. Um, so again, thank you very much for watching. If you want to help sponsor the podcast, sponsor the podcast, support the podcast, head over to our sponsor, Raphael Tees. Use the code Farrand, that's F-A-R-R-A-N-D, for 15% off your order. Come and follow me on Twitter, at Adam Farrand. It's my birthday this week. Come and say happy birthday to me on Thursday. And yeah, that's it. Head over, to, uh, head over to Manif if you've got a couple of free hours and go and, go and check out the films that are on there. It's a good time. Thank you very much. See you next time.